0: And Hebrews chapter 12, uh, beginning at verse one in the King James Version, it reads like this, I'm going to go down to verse 13. <clears throat> Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God? For consider him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Ye have not resisted, ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure the chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastening, that means if you don't get your butt spanked sometime, wherefore are ye partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons? Furthermore, uh, we have had fathers of our own flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we, much, shall, me, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure." but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, after it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Verse 12, wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned uh, be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I read all of that just to preach from a short title, a call to endurance. A call to endurance. You know, being a pastor is a, um, is is a difficult thing. It's not what Folks who want a pastor think it is. And uh and and it's a call to us and and but not only that, but but you get an opportunity to see saints, which means believers, who get saved and they enter into this Christian walk or they enter into this Christian race as though it's a sprint. They think that they've been called to sprint to blessing, to blessing, to blessing, to blessing. When in reality in the book of Hebrews and all throughout the Bible, it's a marathon. And while running this marathon, you and your saved, sanctified self will have ups and downs. You will have heartache and pain. You will have challenges. And what happens is that those who don't understand this from my POV point of view, from the pastor in the pulpit, they're the ones who quit when it gets long. Look around. Not everybody that starts with us is able to run all the way with us because they took it on as a sprint. Now, I'm not saying they're bad people. They just looked at this race the wrong way. They just looked at it the wrong way. And some of you in time past have looked at this Christian walk or this Christian race the wrong way. It is not a 200-yard dash. It is a lifelong marathon. It is a life. Let me say it again, a lifelong marathon, you know, and so you can't throw in the towel. You know, I've seen them run from from ministry to ministry, from place to place, from program to program. Let me give you an example. You used to come to Bible study, but we don't see you no more because you approached it as a sprint. This is a marathon. You used to come to all three services, all two services. Now you catch one and you don't see you at the second because it's a sprint for you and not a marathon. You used to come to to afternoon services when you didn't have to play or sing, but now you only come to one, you you have went from being totally serving God to a Sunday morning only Christian because it became a sprint to you and you did not understand that this thing is a marathon is a marathon. Now, I know you don't want to hear it sometime, but I just spoke to you about the chastening rod. If you're not chasing sometimes, then how can you call yourself a child of God? And so you think that you can run from blessing to blessing, program to program. There are some folks, right, that the Lord has allowed me at the pastorate, don't even pick up the phone and call them graves because they're sprinting. They're not running the marathon. And so, and what we're learning in Hebrews today is that you have to have a call to endure. You ever see a marathon runner and how they approach a race different than a sprinter? y'all miss it. Sprinter, right? I got to get down in the blocks. I hope I can get up, Ryan. Sprinter shaking it out. Get down in the blocks, right? They get up. Set. Boom. They take off. That's a sprinter, right? It's all tense. Marathon runners, they standing around. They like, okay. They waiting for the whistle to blow and tweeting it. Nice and light. Why do they take their time? Because they got a long way to go. 26 miles is much longer than 200 yards. And in this Christian walk, I know you started fast. I threw this text we're going to preach today. Y'all better chill, slow down, serve God and understand I got a lot. Way to go. I got a long way to go. I can't get tired because I got a long way to go. I, I, Lord, Lord, show me my purpose. You got a long way to go. Ain't never got to your purpose. Church can't count on you. Pastor can't count on you. Can't nobody count on you because you got tired in the middle of the marathon and said, ugh. Or you try, you ever see the cheater in the marathon? You ever see that person? They run, and they always get a guy to show up at the last mile and try to run in front of everybody. (laughs) Huh? It's not the way it works. Let me go to my text. Okay, so we got, I, I just wanted to show you what this race was about and what this text is about. The theme of this passage is the need for perseverance or endurance in the life of a believer through trials and tribulations. Right? I want to let you know, Cornerstone, that we're going to go through some trials and some tribulations. I want to let you know that the race is not given to the swift, the race is not given to the strong, but it's given to the one that endures to the end. So, Lord, I need strength to endure. Lord, Lord, listen, oh my Lord, we got three services tomorrow. Lord, I don't feel like going, but I need strength to endure. A pastor to call me out, he ain't seen me in Bible study. No, never, not one. And I'm talking to my deacons in the room. You only come out when it's your turn to serve. But, 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 but I, you know, but, but, I'm calling you to endure. If you can't listen to instruction, you can't lead. And that's all of you. If you can't listen, you can't lead. And that's what Christ tells me. If you can't listen, Graves, you can't lead. It's a call to endurance. The writer here develops the image of an athletic contest The writer urges the readers to look to the great cloud of witnesses in chapter 11 for encouragement to run with perseverance the race of faith as a climax to his presentation of the great heroes of faith. He said, you've got to run this race. Stop looking for purpose and destiny. Stop running from thinking you can run from blessing to blessing. And you can't even adore the little bit that God gave you. You can't endure an extra, a little bit of extra that God gave you. Let me, let me help you here. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me make you understand this, right? You, will now, you will, can never outgive God. The Lord never was, the Lord never has been on the losing side. So if I'm on God's side, can somebody please explain to me how I lose? We do not lose if I'm on God's side. I check the record, he's undefeated. I check the record, he's never lost. I checked the record. He was winning then, is winning now, and will win later on. So how can I lose if I'm on God's side? I can't lose. I can't lose. And so here's the beautiful thing. Jesus knows, y'all, what it's like to stand in the face of opposition. He's experienced it as he hung on the cross. I'm glad that the Lord knows uh, firsthand all the things that I experienced. I'm glad he knows my pain. I'm glad that he's felt my pain. I'm glad that he knows my sorrow because he's felt my sorrow. He knows how to be down. He knows how to to, to shiver out in the cold. He knows, he feels what He felt what it was to be hot and sweat rolling down his face. He knows what it feels like to be hungry and thirsty. I'm glad this morning that Jesus knows all about us. And so when you feel like you just can't make it, when you feel like you can't go any further, you can be assured that he knows just how much you can bear. And he's calling you to endure, to persevere. See, the, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by what? Force. That's in the Bible. That's text. That's not graves. That's not a superstition. That's not made up. That's not a wives' tale. He tells us the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And if, Lord, I want to be part of your kingdom, he says, good, you're going to need some endurance because this is a long fight. This is a long fight. And you know what? In this fight, your pills ain't going to help you. In this fight, your alcohol ain't going to help you. In this fight, your weed is going to help you. In this fight, jumping from bed to bed ain't going to help you. In this fight, you getting a new job ain't going to help you. The only thing that can help you in this fight is an enduring relationship with Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is not for the soft, sissified wimp that we think Christianity is. What what, what makes you think you can have God on your terms? What makes you think you can serve God only when you feel like it? Huh? What what, what makes you think? What what authority do I have to shake my fist in the hand of God and say, not today, Lord, because I'm sleepy? Oh, not today? What if he says not any day? We don't have, what what would give you that authority? This is not for the soft, the sissified, the weak. This is for folks who want to endure, who have to endure this kingdom of heaven, this winning kingdom, or for those who aren't afraid to endure. You see, the appeal to run with perseverance the race marked out for us suggests that the the Christian life is more a marathon than a short sprint. Like I said, we are to continue to press toward the mark. And I got to show you this. This blew my mind. Paul says in Philippians 3.14, I press, I press, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, right? The Greek term, verb, I press, comes from the Greek word which literally means to follow after. I press for the price, now now listen y'all, I, I, I watch this show on, on, on um, Netflix called Meat Eater because after all, I'm a meat eater. I ain't no vegan, I, I need my animal, pro- to, to live the lifestyle I live, something got to die. So. <laughs> I'm a meat eater, so I watch this show called Meat Eater. Right, Steve Rinelli. He was hunting mule uh, elk, mule elk in the Blue Mountains, mule elk, and he's pressing toward the mark. Press means I follow after. I'm hunting. Now, in this hunting and pressing toward the mark, it's never easy for Steve Rinelli and his friend Giannis. Sometimes they got to climb 2,000 feet up a mountain, but they're pressing for the mark. Y'all missing this. Sometimes they got to go down in valleys, but they press to the mark. Sometimes they got to camp out three, four, five days in the wilderness. I don't know how these guys do it. In rain and snow in Alaska snow, but they're pressing for the mark of the pride. And Paul says, I've pressed. You, Christian, you better learn that if you are pressing for the prize that God has for you, sometimes you got to walk up 2,000 meters. Sometimes you got to endure some rain. Sometimes you're going to camp out all night by yourself. Sometimes it's going to be freezing. And Steve and those guys, they pulled a bow back. And he said, look at the tip of my bow. He said, it's moving because I'm nervous. And so sometimes right before you get to slay what you're going to slay, it gets nerve-wracking sometimes. (laughs) Lord, I've done all this work, but I've pressed. I've pressed. If you want to get to your purpose, you want to get to your calling, you want to get to your destiny, you've got to press. Press you got to press to be the man God called you to be. you got to press to be the woman God called you to be. No bellyache should keep you home because it's a prize that I seek after. No rain should keep me in because I press. I'm hunting past the graves. I'm pressing for the mark of the prize. And so that's what pressing is all about. I think we missed that in the text. We read it and it sounds so eloquent and we say, I press. I press toward the mark. No, press is work. Can somebody testify and say press is work? Press is work. You you got to deal with unsaved people on your job. Press is work. You got to deal with the saved saints on your job. Pressing is work. You got to deal with kids. You got to deal with spouses. You got to deal with your own stuff. Pressing is work. So that's why you got to have a determination and it's a call to endurance. Apostle Paul had a steadfast determination. Apostle Paul, he would not quit, he would not turn back, he would not give in. He would not throw in the towel. He would not slow down. He pressed toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you want to be a winner in this race of Christianity, you have to have the spirit of endurance. I preach like this because I love you. I see some of y'all just falling by the wayside thinking you're going to run from blessing to blessing. That's not what it's about. You got to have the spirit of endurance. Sometimes you got, you, you, you got to put down some energy and effort in what you're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Sometimes, you, you know, listen, listen. I know we like to say the Lord's going to do it through me, but that doesn't mean you don't prepare. Amen. The Lord will not work with someone who's not prepared. Can I say that again? Amen. Your lack of preparation. Don't blame it on the Holy Spirit when you fall on your face when you didn't prepare. You ain't study for the test. The Lord will make a way. Uh-huh. What? The Lord's job is to draw out what you put in. You ain't put... It's like the bank. I keep telling y'all. Y'all know about insufficient funds. A lot of y'all asking the Lord to do some stuff through you, but you got insufficient funds. Amen. You ain't put nothing in. Let me tell you. Let, let me tell you something. You know David and Goliath, right? Not any little... No... It just wasn't any guy who could kill Goliath with a stone in a slingshot. It was David, why? Because he was skilled in it. He had made some preparation and David slung the stone, but it was God who gave the stone the velocity Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. He slung the stone, but it was God who sped it up to cause it to sink into the forehead of Goliath. Listen, you've got to prepare to allow God to use you. And so that's why it's a call to endurance. right? It's going to take some sweat. Let me rephrase that. It's going to take a lot of sweat. But the Lord says, if I'm with you, I'm more than the world against you. See, we are not the picture of the great cloud of witnesses in chapter 11 as spectators in just an amphitheater cheering us on for the race. It's, It's what we see in them. When he tells you, look at the spectators, it's what you see in the spectators, not what they see in us. That's what the writer wants us to see today. As contestants in this race, right, we are to look to their example for encouragement. You have to say, if they could do it, I ought to be able to do it too if they could hold out I ought to be able to hold out too if they could cross the finish line then you and I ought to be able to cross the finish line the writer says that we are to throw off every weight that hinders us y'all miss that throw off every weight let me get back in my track stance again I better not but anyway Do you see track stars carrying weight? Well, at one time in this world, Usain Bolt was the fastest man on the planet, right? All he had on was those shorts that looked like a pair of drawers, (laughs) T-shirt, and a pair of shoes. Not even no socks. And the writer tells us the same thing. If you're going to be successful in a race, and what, look, at, look at marathon runners, they know, they don't carry backpacks of water. Matter of fact, people give them water, they, throw, they don't even carry the cup no more. They get, they get rid of every weight that hinders us. You and I are to get rid of any association, any activity that handicaps us. Let me say that again. You have if you're going to win this race, I got to get rid of stuff. Sometimes I got to get rid of people that will handicap us. And the sin that so easily entangles us. Let me say this again. Let me say this again. You you can chase what what is glittering so much that you lose or that you, you fail to go after what God has put right in front of you. If there's a relationship, if there's a situation, there's an attitude, if there's something that is weighing me down, it is my responsibility to cut ties with it, right? It's handicapping me. And then he says the sin that so easily entangles us. You know what that is? You know, it's not just one particular. Think about that sin you keep doing over and over again. Everybody got quiet because you're thinking about it, right? It's that sin that constantly entangles us. That one thing, no matter how hard you prayed about it, you can't stop doing. You can't stop going. You can't stop having that attitude. As soon as you get a chance, you do good for two or three weeks. I know I'm talking to somebody. My wife told me the other day, she said, Honey, listen, the silence means that we're listening, so y'all listen loud and clear. (laughs) You doing good for two or three weeks, Praying, coming to Bible study, call to endure, persevering, pastor. And as soon as opportunity meets desire, remember I keep telling you, there's two things you never want to meet. I want, I, if I have the desire, I never want the opportunity. If I have the opportunity, I never want the desire. But when opportunity and desire meet, Jesus. Paul says evil is always present. He didn't say, I'm saved now and it's sometime present always present with me, always, right? He says, so I got to get rid of that sin that so easily besets me, that thing I keep going back to, every time the desire and opportunity in me, I go right back to it. I've got to run this race. I've got to throw it off. I've got to say to myself, uh-oh, here it comes. i got to change the channel. That means you might have to call somebody. You might have to start singing a praise. You might have to go to the, you might have to physically go outside and run. I don't know what you got to do. Don't know what you got to do, but you can't run this race uh, 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 and be successful with things weighing you down, people weighing you down, and your own personal sin that easily entangles you. The greatest encouragement comes um, uh, when we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. The Bible describes him as the author and finisher of our faith. I love that. Jesus is the perfect example of of the faith we ought to express. We ought to be able to say that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. For a long time, I, listen, 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 and I want you to know, your pastor makes mistakes. Here's one of the mistakes I made. For a long time, I thought God was pleased in knowing that I was more than willing to do what I could. I thought God was happy with that. I thought God was, was happy uh, 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 with me doing my best thought that's what God wanted, right? Uh, God, I thought you might be pleased knowing that I'm doing more or I'm doing all that I think I can do. I've always felt that if you can't do what you want to do, just do what you can. I always felt that way, right? I, I thought it was enough for, for, for me uh, and, and you and I just to live up to our potential. I thought that was enough. God, I'm living up to my potential. I never thought that it was reasonable to ask somebody to go beyond their capabilities. I never thought that, right? So I don't ask a lot of people a whole lot of stuff. It's beyond what they are capable of doing. I never thought that. It seems to me that it ought to be enough what a person does whenever he or she can. You know, and there are many folks who do what they can, let alone what they can't do, right? But here's, here's, here's the thing. To the very few of us, and a few of you have have reached your potential along the way, and some of you have even exceeded it, sometimes we get upset with those uh, who haven't got it yet, but yet I've studied this text this week, and I've come to realize that God is not happy with what I can do. God wants me to get involved in what I can't do. Y'all missed that. God wants me to go beyond my potential. Lord, I did my best. You think he's thrilled I did my best? No. He don't care I did my best. He said, I want you to do more than your best, and the only way you can do better than your best is by getting me involved in what you're doing. Or let me flip that. Be involved in what I'm doing. The only way I can supersede my own potential and my own best effort is to get involved where God is already working. That... That is where we get out of the race. That's where we throw in the towel. Because after all, Lord, I'm supposed to pray and you're supposed to answer my prayers the way I pray for them. After all, God, it's about my comfort. It's not about your kingdom, it's about my hopes and dreams. It's not about about you succeeding on this earth. It's not about you bringing men and women to you through my life. It's about what I want. So, Lord, if I have to find out where you're working and get involved with what you're doing, I quit right now. I ain't going no further with you. Let Let me tell somebody here, just because you're doing your best, don't think that your best is pleasing God. God wants more than your best because God said, I can get more out of you when you trust me. See how quiet you got? I had to live with that, Lord, I'm doing my best. He said, Graves, your best, I'm not looking for your best, I'm looking for your surrender. The world looking for your best. I'm looking for your surrender. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today. God ain't looking for your best, He's looking for your surrender. Because once you surrender, He'll make make your best look like kindergarten class. But he's looking for your surrender. You know, in, in 33 today, when the men's class, man cave, I tell you what, it was rough. There's a lot of feelings this next six weeks. And I, I, I actually don't think, you know, if, if the guys continue to come, that says something because we're going into the part now where we really lose a lot of guys because we deal with hurts, right? And we're dealing with pain, and, 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 and we're, we're dealing with, with this thing. Uh, and so what, what God wants you to do, and, and what, what God wants you to do is, is give it all over to him. Oh, I, this is why I would to say that. We talked about the word surrender, and I, and I asked the men. I said, listen, listen, listen. Don't give me the definition of surrender. I'm a smart dude. I know what surrender means. Give me what surrender makes you feel. And all of you, and even women here, what does surrender make you feel? And until you surrender, God is never going to use you the way you think God can use you. See, surrender means that I'm carrying it all over to him. I don't like the feeling that that word even brings up. That feeling means I'm no longer in control, but God, you're in control. I no longer have a say in it. God, you have a say in it. God, I no longer dictate where I work, what I eat, what I do, who I hang with. I have surrendered to you. And the reason why most Christians live below the level God intended, the reason why most Christians live below the level of mediocrity is because, or mediocrity and below, is because they haven't surrendered all of their life to Christ. God, I want you to be my Savior, but not my Lord. Yeah. I want you to save me, but don't tell me what to do. I want you to save me, but don't send me on no missions. I want you to save me. Don't intrude on my time. But I want you to save me. You will never live life to the fullest until you live the surrendered life to Jesus Christ. Give God some praise for that. Listen. God is not pleased with me doing my best, not pleased with you doing your best. God wants something more. Heaven rarely gets excited because we did all that we can do within our power. God wants us to do something that is above our head and beyond our strength. He wants what we ca- he wants us to do what we can't do. That's the mark of a Christian. That's the sign of the faithful when you're able to do what you can't. When you're able to endure a hardship like a good soldier. When you attempt the impossible to do the unbelievable. That's the mark of Christianity. When somebody says, sister, brother, I don't know how you did it. You can say it wasn't nobody but God. I couldn't do it all by myself. It wasn't nobody but the Lord. I do not qualify I do not have the intelligence, I don't have the hookup, I don't have the network, I don't have the know-how. It was nobody but God that let me do what I can't do. Y'all think for one second. That me and God didn't have a long discussion about me pastoring a church that no one has ever heard of. By planting a church, Lord, you put it in my mind. Ain't nobody coming, Lord. I can't do this. He said, Graves, I know you can't do it. Just give me your heart. Give me your heart and watch what I do through you. And he's saying the same thing to some of you. You have been on this battlefield so long, whether it's musicians, whether it's singers, whether it's people that serve, deacons, no matter who you are, you've been on the battlefield so long and you have got to the point where you said, I can't do no more. And God says, good, now surrender your life to me and watch what happens. Good, good. I'm glad you can't do no more. Surrender your life to me and see what, what 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 happens? You see, it's not enough just to do what you're able to do. That's the least you can do. It's not enough to give you all. See, see, listen, this is what God doesn't want to hear. God doesn't want to hear, Lord, I've tried. How many of y'all have said that? I know I have. Anybody say, Lord, I tried? Lord, I tried. Didn't you hate when your kids say that? Right? You gave your kids something to do? I tried. You know they ain't tried. A trash can that trash was sitting there for two days full thank you anthony full ain't nobody tried god don't want to hear lord i try god is not calling us to be average god ain't called a person in this room to be average god calls you and i to be unique he wants us to be the vessel that holds his power the world knows what man can do but god wants us to be an example of what he can do Man already knows about your ability, but man needs to know about God's capabilities through you. Man already knows what we can do, but we ought to be witnesses of what God can do. Hebrews verse 1 says, look around at the winners. These are winners, these great clouds of, cloud of witnesses. We're Hebrews 11. He says, go back to Hebrews 11 and read about them. They're the heroes of faith. It is not suggested that that, that here that these men and women are now in heaven watching us as we run the race like people seated in a stadium. But the word witnesses does not mean spectators. Our our, our English word martyr comes directly from the Greek word that translates witnesses. These people are not witnessing what we're doing. Rather, they are bearing witness to us that God can see you through. Listen to me, woman, man, boy, girl. God can see you through. One of the best ways to develop endurance and encouragement is to get to know the godly men and women of the Old Testament who ran the race and run. If you're having problems with your family, somebody you need to read about Joseph. If you think your job is too big for you to study the life of Moses. If you're tempted to react retaliate, see how David handled that problem. If you're sick and you can't get well, you ought to talk to old man Job. In verse two, Paul says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. What are the weights that we should Remove so we might win the race. Everything that hinders our progress is a weight. It, it, it might be my car, my house, my job, my bank account. Whatever is hindering me from serving the Lord, you ought to take care of that. What's hindering you from serving God? I ain't just talking about Sunday morning attendance. I'm talking about serving God. I'm talking about, anybody come to church on Sunday, that's the minimum, but I'm talking about serving God. What's hindering you from serving God? I tell you this morning, it's good to do your best, but if you've been born again, if you've been washed in the blood, if the Lord saved your soul, if the angels done sign your name like we used to sing about, you ought to be able to do what you can't do. Y'all remember that song, the angels in heaven done sign my name? If that's true for you, you ought to be involved in some stuff that only God can determine the outcome. You ought to be stretching yourself into new, you know, you don't get no credit for operating in your strength. That's easy. That's easy. God wants you to call you out and operate in something you're not comfortable with. Whatever you can do, you and God can do it better. With God, your lot, your little becomes a lot. With God, a handful of meal and a cup of, of oil is enough to feed a hungry preacher and a starving widow. With God, two small fish and five barley loaves is more than enough to feed a hungry multitude. Whatever you've got becomes greater when you're hooking up with the Lord. Let me make that plain. I don't know. I heard a preacher say a long time ago, if if you've been in church, you've heard it all the time. It don't matter what's in my hands if I got to put it in the hands of an expert. In other words, a basketball in my hands don't mean nothing. But if I put it in the hands of Joel Embiid, some points going to be scored, right. right? right? A football in my hands don't mean too much. But if I put it in the hands of a Roger Staubach or Troy Aikman or Dak Prescott, okay, a Ron Jaworski, then it might mean a little bit more. (laughs) You have to put the right things in the right hands. Some of the stuff you're dealing with belongs in the hands of God. Whatever you think you can do, put it in the right hands, put it in the hands of God. Your parenting should be put in the hand of God. Anything you're dreaming about should be put in the hand of God. Cornerstone, listen, you have to be Determined to endure God will turn your Cannots into cans I can do all things through Christ Who strengthens me I can run and not get weary I can walk and not faint When you give him your all The surrendered life He supplies whatever you lack When you're incapable of He is capable When you're weak, he's strong When you don't know, he does know When you're powerless he's all-powerful when you don't have the answer he has the answer i wonder is there anybody in here who has reached the unreachable sometime I, i wonder is there anybody in here who has carried the load that they thought was too hard to carry right i wonder is there anybody in here that has succeeded on a mission impossible if you have succeeded beyond what your thoughts and imaginations Let the redeem of the Lord say so. You ought to tell somebody that with God I was able to do the impossible, that with God I was able to carry the heavy load, that with God I was able to make things all right. Listen, I just want to tell you that. I just want to urge you this morning. I want to inform you that you can't do what you can't do until you can. You're going to think about that tonight and you'll get it in then, I can't do what I can't do until I can. I can't handle a heavenly vision if you're not faithful in this little earthly task. If you ain't faithful in the earthly task that God has before you, you cannot handle a heavenly vision right? He says, he says, if you're faithful over a few things, he said, I'll make you ruler over many. If he can't trust you with small things, how can he trust you with the big things? So the writer this morning tells us to endure to the end. Look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Sometimes when trials and tribulation come up, we sometimes find ourselves ready to give up. I've been there, y'all. I've been there. I can't tell you how many times I quit as y'all's pastor. Not lately. Not lately. <laughs> not lately. First eight years, we was on eggshells, and uh, <laughs> we was we was on eggshells and landmines. But you get. <laughs> but sometimes you get weary. You get weary but 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 God tells you to hold on God tells you to keep pressing God tells you and if you're like me if you like one of those who kept on running if you like one of those who followed the example of Jesus Christ he kept on running he bared the cross, he kept on running they whipped him 39 times but he kept on running they pierced him in his side but he kept on running they laid him in a tomb but he kept on running they, 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 they buried him but he kept on running but early on that Sunday morning Because he kept on running, he got up with all power in his hand. So I urge you this morning in this marathon to keep on running. Keep on running for your family. Keep on running for your job. Keep on running for your salvation. Keep on running for your children. Keep on running for your mind. Keep on running for yourself. Keep on running for your life. Keep on running for God. Paul said, I count all those things as rubbish but I'm gonna keep on running this one thing I do I forget those things which are behind I press I press I keep on running toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ because after all cornerstone my running days your running days will all be over and if I run a good race if I endure laid up for me is a crown, a crown of life that the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Keep on running. Keep on pressing. Keep on enduring. Don't you quit. Sunshine, rain, winter, summer, spring and fall. You keep on running. Give God the praise, y'all. Give God the glory. I listen, y'all. I gotta confess. I gotta confess. I'm at the point in my life, I don't care who's running with me or not. I don't, I, if you're next to me, you are. If you're behind, if you ain't there, I'm gonna just keep on going. My Christian walk, my job, my purpose ain't gonna stop because you quit. And you've gotta have that attitude to keep on running.